Did you know the rehearsal dinner is an event all on its own that actually requires planning? Guests attending this event should receive an invitation separate from the wedding invitation. Take a listen to this episode as we talk all things rehearsal dinner, cluing you in on how to best enjoy this special, intimate time with your closest family and friends prior to your big day. You got engaged. Congratulations. Happy? Yes. Joyful time? Of course. Now what? Timelines, to-do list, and checklist? 100%. Don't worry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Ring, The Bling, and All The Things. Hi, I'm Christina Stubblefield, one of your hosts, along with my two good friends, Michael Gaddy and Sharon Rumsey. We have over 50 years of wedding industry experience between us. We have seen it, heard it, done it, and found a way around it. We are here to get you from down on one knee to down the aisle. Our podcast will cover everything from you saying yes to the I do's and all that happens in between. So buckle up and enjoy the journey. Now, let's get started with this episode. Before we get started with this episode, we want to share a review from our listener of the week, Sarah from Birmingham, Alabama. Informative and all the things. Such a great podcast for those that need tips and tricks getting ready for the big day. Thank you, Sarah. We love getting all these great reviews. If you want to show us some love, leave us a great five-star review. We also love to hear your stories about your wedding journey. Visit our website to share your story, and you may be our next featured listener. Now, let's get this next episode going. All right, to all those engaged couples out there, we are going to talk about rehearsal dinners today. And I know that Sharon, that's one of her favorite topics, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. You know, the bride and groom may not know how to handle it, who pays for what, and on. So, Sharon, why don't you start with us and tell us Where do we start with this? I'm excited for this episode because honestly, I get asked every wedding I plan about the rehearsal dinner. Traditionally, the parents of the groom host the rehearsal dinner. So it kind of puts the bride in the middle because her mother and soon to be mother-in-law is going to want to do a nice event. And she's going to ask the bride a lot of questions that might be a little bit uncomfortable because the parents of the groom are paying for this, but let's face it. It's usually the bride that gets asked all the questions. So one of the main things I can tell you is once again, that open line of communication and setting your budget for this event, just like you set your budget for your wedding. Okay. I have a question for those out there who may not know, what is the purpose of a rehearsal dinner? Traditionally um, you have a wedding rehearsal where you are going to rehearse the ceremony. And that's a whole episode in itself, how to pull all that off. But you're going to rehearse the ceremony. And then the rehearsal dinner is a time for those people that are closest to the bride and groom and the most, let's just say the major players in the wedding, their bridal party, their siblings, their parents, their grandparents, to get together and just kind of celebrate the the wedding festivities and celebrate the couple 
But the main point of a rehearsal dinner is a time to join the two families together, but also for the bride and groom to have a chance to thank those major players that have um, been such an important part in their wedding planning and will continue to be an important part of their life. So how do you determine who comes? So and then the reason I'm asking that is, say, if I've got 15 or 20 people that's coming from in from out of town that's already in town, is that something they should be invited to? Well, or that's a no? hard call. And um, this past year, with restrictions being what they were, has even become a more difficult call. But what I usually tell couples, it used to be that you invited all your out-of-town guests um, to the rehearsal dinner that can that can get to be almost as expensive as the catering for a wedding so what I normally tell my couple to do is again just those major players bridal party we usually do let the bridal party have a significant other a, you know their spouse or a, a date um, your parents your grandparents siblings you might even go out to like aunts and uncles go out that far but you know, if you invite everybody who's coming from out of town, depending on the situation, that can really add up. So we usually try to keep it a little more condensed. That's really great information because I'm sure you'll get into some things just like with a wedding reception. How do you how do you really nail down that list? I know that's a big topic for people and the restrictions have really I don't want to say helped with that, but when you're only allotted so many people, you know, you can really fine tune who those are. I would think the rehearsal dinner is easier to nail down than your wedding reception. It is because it's a, it's usually a much smaller event. Um, I don't mean that that doesn't make it stressful because you're still making a decision based on who can come and who can't. The the stress usually nowadays is between what used to be the rule and what is now the rule because a lot of older people, parents, grandparents, feel like those out-of-town guests should definitely be invited. But a lot of today's couples, especially those that have planned through COVID, will tell you that they don't feel that that's necessary, that just because, you know, their dad's friend who traveled from out of state traveled from out of state that they should be at the rehearsal dinner they want to keep that more intimate and with those people they're closest to the way I like to get around that is um, when you send out your wedding invitations you go through that guest list and on that guest list you mark who you would want to come to your rehearsal dinner you create a separate little card a separate little invitation you can do that at Staples or Office Depot you don't have to spend a lot of money to order anything but that's your din- that's your invitation to the rehearsal dinner. Tells you where it's located and you know whether or not you can you're bringing a plus one. Put that in the wedding invitation. So if you just say only you know only bridal party and close family and friends are invited, you're going to have somebody show up that that thinks they're invited that wasn't. So I I do recommend an actual rehearsal dinner invitation. So that it's clear who's invited and who isn't. It's clear. There's no questions. And Correct. they got an invitation. Yeah. When it comes to, uh, I know traditionally, like you said earlier, that the uh, groom's father or mother pays for that. Do you still see that a lot? I noticed, I've heard a lot of people say, well, maybe the couple takes on that responsibility of their self. I mean, I know a lot of trends are changing 
Is that still something you're seeing as the, the groom's mother and father takes care of all that? Yes, most of the time. There are as many different financial situations as there are couples getting married. So every story is different and every family has to do what's comfortable for them. Traditionally, and when I, you know, took my classes, I was taught that the responsibilities of the groom's family are the rehearsal dinner, the alcohol at the reception, and the flowers for the girls. I think that's so interesting. But that's, you know, that's just tradition. That's not set in stone. Sure. No, but what I was going to say is all of that's interesting that you said, but I love how Sharon said it because there's so many different uh, people are in different financial states just as if they're his wedding, you know, number of weddings. And I think the way she said that is just because something is up, oh, this is how it's normally done. You can write your own story and, and however that plays out. And for rather you. than I've had families that were struggling to pay for the rehearsal dinner, but I've also had the opposite problem where I have two boys. So I was always the mother of a groom. I've never got to be the mother of a bride and sometimes the mother of the groom feels like this is her only time to shine. This is her only event that she gets to plan. And sometimes you have to kind of make sure that you're not competing with the wedding. Because Interesting point. Because there's yeah. a much smaller amount of people, so you can afford to spend more per person. Um, so you have to be really, walk that line because you want it to be a really nice event, but you don't want it to compete with the wedding. Are you seeing that, uh, you have most of your rehearsal dinners in restaurants or different bars or even having it at home in the backyard? Oh my gosh. I've done all of those. Um, and there's nothing wrong with any of them, right? No. Um, one of the nicest rehearsal dinners I ever was part of was actually, in someone's backyard. It was a beautiful backyard. They rented tables. They had gorgeous florals. Like it was really, really nice. They had it catered. Um, traditionally, I hate to use that word. Most of the time I'm in a nice restaurant um, for the rehearsal dinner, just because it's easy The catering, you know, your food's right there. And most restaurants have private rooms here where we're located. We're in Louisville, Kentucky. Bourbon's a huge thing. I do a lot of rehearsal dinners at distilleries and have the food catered in. That's um, kind of a trendy thing. It in kind our of area. gives the guests more of an experience. They can do a bourbon tasting and have dinner. Um, but, you know, wherever they want to go, we'll, we'll make it work. I don't know that I had put as much thought into it about all the moving pieces and everything with the rehearsal dinner, even separate than the actual rehearsal itself for the ceremony. But the rehearsal dinner is really a, an event in itself. Its own event, yeah. Well, and I know I've been seeing a lot more, and especially with the weddings I've been doing with you, that the mother or the groom will order flowers from us for the rehearsal dinner, and then somehow we will carry those over to the, the reception at the wedding. Now, they're not the major pieces of centerpieces or anything like that, but usually they go on cocktail tables or bars or entrance pieces or something like that. And that's a good way to double dip on decorations. Yeah, I love to do that because you want to make sure that the, the flowers that you do at rehearsal dinner kind of match the wedding. Um, but you don't want to just toss them at the end of the night when there's another big event the next day. 
So like Mike was saying, I think that's a really smart way to do it. I've noticed, too, a lot of our brides, especially our out-of-town brides, and I know this is crazy, but the bride and groom, I'm doing one from uh, Chicago coming up, and all their party and everybody is coming in the week before. I know this is strange, and they're spending the whole week in Louisville, and they're doing different, you know, going to Churchill Downs for a day. They're going to the zoo for a day, and they're doing all these different activities. Are you seeing more of that, that the rehearsal is the week before than the night before? I, I've never done the week before, but I've done like the weddings on a Saturday and we maybe rehearse on Wednesday or Thursday so that they have three or four days. Um, I have a wedding coming up in May and it's going to be like a week long event and there's something planned every night. Um, so I am seeing that more where it's more of like a almost like a vacation experience for the guest. So that's definitely a trending thing, too. Well, I think with the younger generation, too, and we've had brides on here that has told us and showed us different things that they do, but the brides and grooms nowadays are doing things so different. They are out-of-the-box things. Out-of-the-box, and I absolutely love it. I mean, It's, it's very unique It's unique and different, yes. My and favorite. And it fits their... their and you're not going to go somewhere else and see it. And it, what you're going right. to say is it fits them it fits who it's they almost are. like a theme for them they pick a theme their and own they theme. run through mm-hmm. it right my favorite rehearsal dinner that i've ever done i had a couple that got married the last week of october and they had a very formal very traditional wedding day wedding ceremony married in the church you know black tuxes very traditional but for her rehearsal dinners it was last week of october and they both loved halloween so we went with kind of an edgar Allan poe theme and we did, um, the florals were kind of a dark, moody floral. We did, like, black magic roses, the really, really dark, like, blood, blood roses. She knows her flowers, Christina. I only know a couple. Um, <laughs> I think she had a good teacher. We did a lot of black feathers. They had um, those pictures that change when you look at the picture from something nice to something scary. We hung those all over the venue. Um the, the florals had like a black raven setting in them or a hand coming out, uh, you know, of these beautiful flower arrangements. And everything was kind of dark and moody, candlelit. And then they asked, so their guests all came to the rehearsal and we rehearsed in normal rehearsal clothes, you know, dress clothes. But then everybody went back to the hotel. The rehearsal dinner was at the hotel and they changed into a costume. Huh. So... Everybody had a costume on. We played moody, scary music, you know, more of a Halloween mixy music. And I loved it. It was so much fun and something I didn't, you know, you don't get to do all the time. So it was a super fun wedding. I think that you can take a rehearsal dinner and like Mike said, come up with a theme and just make it your own. And I have a question for those out there who might not be familiar. Could we maybe just go through like from the beginning to the end what normally goes on in what order at a rehearsal dinner? Can you touch on a little bit? Now, I know some of them are unique and have some things sure. that others don't, but just kind of a baseline for people that may not know at all what goes That's on. That's a great question. So um, the way I kind of do a rehearsal dinner is, um, you know, all your guests come from rehearsal. So you want to make sure that you choose a venue that is close to where you're getting married especially if you have a lot of town out of town people, because you don't want to have to worry about um, them driving or provide transportation. So 
we get to the rehearsal dinner. Everyone is seated. Usually the parents of the groom will speak because the parents of the bride traditionally speak at a wedding reception. So once again, this is their night to shine. They will um, usually thank everyone for coming, thank everyone for the love and support of the couple, and then welcome the bride into their family. Um, Then usually you serve dinner. And then after dinner, usually the bride and groom say a little something and thank their parents and thank their bridal party. And traditionally, um, gifts are given out to the parents and to the bridal party. And that's done at the rehearsal dinner. So I usually will do that at this time and everybody opens their gifts. And then I'm, I'm not a huge fan of a groom's cake at a wedding. Um, they never get cut and they don't get noticed. So I like to make my groom's cake all about the groom, something he's really into. And I like to serve that as my dessert at the rehearsal dinner. It saves a little money. That's a good idea. That's a it real, saves that's a, a little money and the cake gets its focus. Um, so, um, and that's honestly about it. I, I mean, and then it's just a nice time for the bridal party to mingle. And if they don't know each other, it's a little nice way for them to get to know each other before the wedding. Well, but, sometimes too, when it comes to family, introducing or meeting other parts of the family of opposite right. sides, I think that's a good time mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. It's just a, usually, I usually get to go. I'm really lucky. I usually get invited and it's such a, just a fun night. Like it's a relaxing you know, you know, the next day is going to be a long day and not stressful, but you're going to have something to do every minute. So I really enjoy rehearsals. My That was going to be my next question. Is normally rehearsal dinners always the night before the actual wedding day itself? It honestly depends on the availability of the venue where you're getting married. So Because it's normally right after the rehearsal. Say you're getting married on a Saturday. Well, if that venue has a Friday wedding... You can't go in there and rehearse. You may have to do it on Thursday. Sometimes I'll do it on Thursday. You have to do it on Thursday. I even have done twice now um, where my venue wasn't available, but the the couple really wanted that day before rehearsal because a lot of their bridal party couldn't come in until, say, Friday before a Saturday wedding. I've done a rehearsal brunch. So the venue let us rehearse in the morning the day before and then you go off to a nice brunch versus a, a supper. That's a really good point. I didn't even I like think about that it. idea. Yeah. Something and different. Actually, mm-hmm. the brides both have really liked it because it gave them the rest of the day to be free and, you know, rest and do, go get their nails done, whatever they wanted to do before the wedding. I think that's great. I mean, there's so much more information that we could cover, but I mean, you have covered the basic. And I'm really it. It comes up every single client. They ask how Mm -hmm. to pull off the rehearsal. And I'm really glad we decided to separate out the actual rehearsal itself because I think there was great things that may not have gotten touched on if we tried to combine the two together. So I really think that that will be packed with its own information because I don't think many people know what actually goes on for well, I'd love to be, you know, here and be curious of what couples would really do for rehearsal dinners because I know there's so many things that they can do or choose. So maybe we'll get some comments on, you know, hey, we did this 
and give we, other bride and groom. I'm always ideas. up for an out of the yeah. box idea. We love feedback. So visit our website, the ring, the bling and all the things.com. And you can click the contact button or we've made it easy. You can click the microphone and record us a message that we may feature on one of our upcoming episodes and or use it on our social media. Thank you all so much for listening. We love bringing you tips and information to help with your wedding planning. So we hope you've enjoyed it. And don't forget, connect with us and make sure you check out the video of this recording on our YouTube channel. Until next time, take care. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Ring, The Bling, and All The Things. If you like what you heard, make sure to hit the subscribe button to get notified of upcoming episodes. You can also visit our website, The Ring, The Bling, and AllTheThings.com for past episodes. And make sure to connect with us on social media. If you would like to help us get the word out about this podcast, make sure to share with your family, your friends, and anyone you know in the wedding business.